Good stuff. Have you enjoyed yourself so far? Yes. Good, I hope it has been. Hopefully, right now, I just want to look at the gospel for a little bit with great enjoyment still. And really, this entire time, both with, with the worship, talking angels glorifying God, with the, this drama, in all of this, we've talked about the fact that Jesus is the centre of Christmas. The centrality of Christ at Christmas. Here's a question. Why are we saying that? But why are we saying that Jesus truly is the centre at Christmas? I don't know about you, but there are so many things that can get in the way and take up attention in life, especially at Christmas time. The catchphrase of 2022 is I'm busy. Have you heard that? Yeah, probably. Have you used that? Yeah, probably. I'm busy. I'm busy doing work. I'm busy traveling. I'm busy resting. That's one. That was a fun one I heard. Yeah, I'm busy resting. I heard it for myself. Um, just everything we do is being busy. And therefore, when we are busy, our kind of list of life pile starts to add up more and more and more. And that happens more at times like this, like Christmas. Seasonal times, it happens more and more. And it distracts us away from things that are genuinely important to consider and focus on. Remember last Christmas, it was uh, kind of our first one with, with, with Judah, the um, late Santa Claus, summarises my family, that's nice, isn't it? Um, and on that day, we decided to cook our first Christmas meal. So um, it was my first time cooking turkey, which was a mistake, I'm never doing it again. <laughs> Oh, me. Um, and as, we were, as I was cooking, I was spending time timing everything. You know, amazing on phones, you can set up all these clocks and alarms to say when potatoes are going to go off and Brussels spouts when you're going to chuck them in the bin and stuff like that. You know, you know <laughs> the classic timers sort of stuff about cooking milk. And I realised near to the end of the timers, the turkey was looking really good. I looked over and I saw Catherine with Judah. And this entire time I'd realised, my, my whole time of cooking this food for my family, I spent more time with the food than my family. Don't know about you, but it feels like that at Christmas time. We, we spend time thinking about things that aren't as important compared to really looking at things that are the most important. And today, really, what we're saying by Jesus is central of Christmas, what we're genuinely saying is absolutely everything about the Christmas festive period is turning our eyes to Jesus. Everything. There's not one bit of Christmas that isn't about turning our eyes to Jesus. But why? Well, if we just look at the event itself, we kind of lose the, the, the imagery of it all when we need to look at the bigger picture. So we have Jesus, God incarnate, born into humanity. The birth itself fulfills over 30 promises spoken hundreds of years beforehand. And so you have this moment where Jesus is born. And you have angels, as we heard already, glorifying God, glory to God. You have shepherds who are met in a field, a flock by night. And you have wise men coming in, foreign men, seeing the star, astrologers, seeing the star, and going, we need to follow that, and going and following this, all going to this manger. We have a whole bunch of animals, farm animals around, eating, being, 
And in this little manger, this animal trough, you have a little baby. That, that's, that's what that event is. But it's interesting because these category groups of people and, and beings you wouldn't really expect, really. But for, for who Jesus is, is, for the title that Jesus is given, King of Kings, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty Saviour. For all these titles, the baby's born in an animal trough where probably 30, 40, an hour, minute before, animals were feeding from. The baby, King of Kings, is dead. It's the same as kind of turning into BBC and seeing that Prince and Kate have had a new baby. And the news headline says, new prince born in a mouldy shed behind a premier inn. Like, that's, that's the kind of vibe that this is. King of Kings in a place that is not expected. And yet, every part of this picture draws something incredible. These shepherds are met with outcasts of society, pointing to that those who are not kind of fitting within society are welcomed in. Farm animals all around, showing Jesus like us among the people, rather than separated or segregated into a white ivory tower or into a grand palace. Wise men, foreign wise men, who have not been welcomed into that culture, drawn in to say actually all are included to come and welcome and worship Christ the newborn king every part of this paints a beautiful picture of something about Jesus and therefore the story of Christmas paints a precious historical event recorded down that should be treasured where the whole world bore witness to God's divine plan for humanity from our drama, Scoot McKenzie was trying to get the best picture, the most exclusive picture. Well, I'll tell you what, let me paint you the most exclusive story that I can tell you today. Best way of doing that is from actually the, the reading that we heard earlier. Joe, if you can go to the next slide for me. From John 1, and John at the beginning of the gospel, of his gospel, he writes in this kind of real dramatic way, like, like you would kind of see at the beginning of a film like Lord of the Rings or The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, this beginning image of everything that's happened. And before time, in the beginning, was the Word. <laughs> and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. It's the most exclusive story I can give you. I can partake to you. And as you read this story at the beginning of the chapter, you hear the fact that this word, this being that was in the beginning, would be born and all life would come from him and, and the life would light up in the darkness. Darkness that we might consider in our life. Dark times that we might fall into. His light will shine into it. And it will brighten it up. And yet even in that, you have this bit in verse 14 where I've highlighted where it said, we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. God, in full glory, came to live among us. And we get to see God's divine plan and majesty through Jesus. Emmanuel, God 
with us. To be with us. All the times before, if you read in this great story, they said God had revealed himself in different ways. Like in big pillars of fire. It's pretty big. Or tornadoes and great winds. Or in such beams of light that light would shine out and reflect on people's faces. Like the sun's pretty bright, right? We can all kind of agree that the sun's pretty bright. We kind of hope it's a bit brighter with melting the, the, the ice a little bit. But the sun's bright. I think it was even brighter than the sun. A light source that reflects so much light that when you're in it, you reflect light. See what I'm saying? Like that, that's, that's pretty bright. And that's what we read in the story. That's what Jesus, that's what God was doing. And yet in all of that grand magnitude, great glory, he decides to reveal himself in a little baby. <laughs> Glorious God. Vulnerable baby. A baby to be cuddled, held, carried. Baby to be looked after, nourished. God in glory revealed in Jesus as a baby. This reading as well talks about that Jesus, as he grows up, was to grow and lead his followers to freedom by taking the biggest sacrifice on his shoulders. And in fact, we see that mankind did not receive him. Mankind rejected Jesus. Instead of being worshipped like we see at Christmas, we see Jesus executed for those who rejected him. This Jesus, therefore, is not just a distraction, another distraction to bring into life about being busy. This Jesus is the centre of it all. In fact, for Scoot McKenzie, Jesus should have been the reason for the picture itself. And the members of Jesus, not just so we can put him back into the picture, it's the fact that nothing can exist without him. No one wants to really believe that the purpose to this photo or to life looks like anything else than what we all just want. However, we kind of try and reason it, especially at Christmas time, like presents or gifts or food or bits of blankets or mince pies or Christmas trees. Whatever we try and put there, we try and put some reason in life to it. But the reality is, they're all well and good, but they have no kind of reason more to live. They kind of come and go. If, if God is not in our story, if we replace our story with something else in the middle of it, the reality is we kind of just decay and die. Like we're just biological beings with chemical interactions that just happen. Merry Christmas! Like that, do you know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's the reality. If we, are, if we haven't got a God, if we haven't got a purpose to this story. But, but with God, with Jesus at the centre, it, it paints a divine picture that Scoop wouldn't even dream of missing out on. That, that John couldn't even help describe in pure, for beauty. That this humanity, us, that rejected Jesus is now embraced by Jesus to be saved for our own sin and brought to be free. If Christmas is a nice legend, then in a sense you're on your own. 
But if Christmas is true, then you can be saved by grace and consider this a glorious thing. Christmas is not just the beginning, it's the becoming. It's not his start, it's his commission. It's not just a season, it's about his salvation for us. Merry Christmas is not just a festive greeting to kind of say out of full kind of happiness, but an exclamation for what it is. It's a season to be merry and joyful for what Christ is about to do in this story and what Christ has already done for us. It's a season to celebrate, to receive good gifts, to be with loved ones, because my heavenly Father gave me the greatest gift of Jesus so that I can receive the greatest gift of all time, which is salvation and being close to him forever. And I get to be my, with my heavenly Father, my precious loved one, forever. Yeah. Tis the season to be jolly, is because great joy has come in because of what Jesus has done for me. Not because of a nice season greeting. <laughs> That's why I'm happy. That's why I'm joyful. That's why I want to give God all the glory. Yeah. And you have a chance to be merry and joyful this year as well. Despite all that's going on. It's a very simple way. As Jesus came as a vulnerable baby, he makes a way in very helpfully. Jay, can you go to the next slide for me? So we, it's kind of just what we call repenting, which is turning away from your sins and your old life and turning away and turning to Jesus and saying, I want to be yours forever. And know that he's already calling you to say, I want you to be mine. That God in all his glory came onto earth as a baby, historically factual, yes. to live and to die and to rise again for us to turn our eyes to him. Do you want to stand with me? <laughs> Bands, all right, if you come back. What I'm going to do is, in a second, I'm going to read this prayer um, that is written up. And this prayer is kind of what I've explained already, just this sense of repentance. And for some of you, you may have never kind of thought about Jesus before or as I've spoken you've kind of gone you know what there's something there and you may want to read this prayer with me hey if, if you might kind of turn your eyes to Christ then after sometime you kind of turned away and the busyness of life has then taken over and distracted you completely and if that's the case this prayer is for you as well this prayer is a prayer of saying, Jesus, I want to belong to you. Thank you for all that you've done. I'm sorry for how I've been, but I want to give my life to you. And if you pray this prayer, there's a few gifts that we want to give you. There's a book called Why Jesus. There's another book by Rico Tykes that we want to give you as well. And so I'm going to pray this. And if you want to pray it for the first time or for the hundredth time, if you feel like actually this is for you to repent, then why don't you pray it with me? You don't need to say it loudly. You can say it from the cornerstone of your heart. But I would love to speak to Arthur because it says that in the same way that angels are glorifying Jesus, the angels, the heavens, are singing of great joy and praise because another child has recognized the King of Kings and has come home. So I'm going to read this prayer. And after that, we're going to finish with a carol. So if you want to read this prayer with me, please feel free. Dear Lord, thank you for Christmas time 
and all the good things you have given to me. Thank you for your great love in sending your son, Jesus, to be born into the world. I'm sorry that I've turned away from you and pushed you away from your rightful place in my life. Thank you that Jesus came and died so that I can be forgiven. Thank you that he rose again so that I can receive new life. Help me to trust in Jesus and his death on the cross as the only way by which I can be right with you. Please forgive me and help me grow and learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Amen. And again, if you pray that prayer for the first time, or if you prayed it again after maybe struggling with your relationship with Jesus, I would like to speak to you at the end. Right now, we're going to sing our last carol, and then we'll close it there.